Thank you for tuning into The World Game, a World Cup podcast. The podcast that will have everything you need to know about the World Cup. There will be recap episodes throughout the tournament, so you won't miss a storyline. Maybe there was a 90th minute game winning goal. Maybe there was some controversy. Either way, we'll dive right into it. My name is Peter Roman. I've loved football all my life, and thanks for joining me on this journey. Before we get going on today's episode, I would like to just once again mention the horrific migrant worker situation in the build-up to this tournament in Qatar. Thousands of people, unfortunately, were killed, and my heart and my thoughts are with the victims and their families and their friends. It's a horrible human rights tragedy that never should have happened, and I'm going to keep talking about it every single beginning of my podcast. Now let's get into the episode. Today's episode is the round of 16 preview. I will be previewing all of the round of 16 games that kick off Saturday as this is this is the fun part of the tournament. I think the round of 16 and the quarterfinals are my favorite rounds of the tournament only because you have the the thrilling nature of the knockout games. And you also have teams that I think go for it more. When you get into the semifinal, sometimes when you get into the World Cup final, you just have these very cagey chess matches. But in these games, they tend to be a little more open. Teams kind of go for it a little more. So that's the thing I love about it. And so quickly, just before we get into the games themselves, I just want to have a couple overall notes from the group stage. My first note is that the group stage has to be looked at successfully by both Asia and Africa. Asia had six teams competing in the tournament and they had three get out of the group and Japan actually won their group. So Qatar obviously, you know, they suck. They got eliminated first and they weren't very good, but Australia made it out of the group and Japan obviously won the group and then they also had South Korea get out of the group in very dramatic fashion. And then both Saudi Arabia and Iran both won games. So they obviously, you know, especially Iran, I think is a little disappointed they didn't get out of the group, but you know, it's not like I, it's not like either team like failed to win a game or something like that. Not like Qatar did. Sucks to suck Qatar, I guess, you know, I guess money can't buy sporting championship the way it can buy, you know, the rights to host, I guess. So anyway, In Africa, we had Morocco top their group, and we had Senegal advance. And you might say, well, two out of five isn't that great. And it's like, well, Tunisia had a huge win and had four points, which I think you you could consider a success. And Ghana won a game, and then Cameroon won a game. So, you know, pretty successful tournament, I would say, overall for Africa and for Asia. And unfortunately, with the success of those two confederations came the demise of the Americas. In CONCACAF, we had Canada pick up zero points. We had Costa Rica not get out of the group. We had Mexico not get out for the first time in 44 years. And the only team that got out of the group was the United States. So not the best. And then South America, Ecuador and Uruguay both failed to get out of the group. And it was only Brazil and Argentina. So it has... For South America, that's a really big disappointment for them as a continent, and 
Yeah, and then Europe had eight out of their 13 make it, but Europe have the most countries in the thing, so it just makes sense that they would have a bunch of them advance. But of course, there were some upsets. Belgium and Denmark both went down. And then, you know, a team like Switzerland pulls off a pretty great win to be able to advance, right? And, you know, even a team like Spain, they didn't win their group. So definitely some, some surprises, but, like, of course, Europe's always going to have a lot of teams making it out of the group stage but for asia and africa huge success for the americas not so great now on to the games so we're going to start with the saturday games for the round of 16 we have netherlands and the united states and we have the uh, australia versus argentina game so i'll start with netherlands usa so the netherlands in the group stage they had two wins and a draw they drew ecuador 1-1 and they beat Qatar, and they beat Senegal. Netherlands come into this game as the favorites, in my opinion, and they probably should be. I think they have the more talented roster than the United States do, but they haven't exactly played up to their best, at least not yet. And so that could still be on the way, and Cody Gakpo has obviously been amazing for this team in the group stages, but they're going to need more than just Gakpo and his performance if they want to beat the United States, because... The U.S. finished their group with one win and two draws. They had, in my opinion, the best defensive record of the entire tournament because they only conceded one goal and zero from open play. The only goal they gave up was a penalty kick. So this is probably going to be a very scrappy, a very grind, grind em out type of game where there aren't going to be a ton of chances. And when you do get your chances, you better score them because there aren't going to be that many coming around. And this is a game I could very easily see end up in penalty kicks. But the you know even though the Dutch, I think, should be the favorites and I think they have the better players, I think the United States should fancy their chances of pulling off an upset. The United States so far, in all of their games, in my opinion, they've outplayed their opponent. I think they've been the better team in all three games. And if that continues, they could absolutely pull off an upset and beat the Dutch. So this should be a fun game. There's a lot of upset potential here, in my opinion. If I was forced to pick a winner, I'd pick the Netherlands in penalty kicks, but I really think this has a real good chance of going the distance as far as time goes. And it's just, we have two teams with really good defenses that didn't concede very much in the group stages, and we have two teams that, you know, didn't exactly light the scoreboard on fire as far as, like, scoring a bunch of goals. So I think it'll be a very scrappy game, a very defensive you know, you got to take your chances when you get them type of game. But it should be fun, just like most of these games tend to be. Next game is Argentina-Australia. So for this game, Argentina come into the game with a record of two wins and a loss. They lost to Saudi Arabia, shockingly, in their first game. And then they went and beat Mexico and Poland. Poland they beat very easily. That was a very comfortable win for them as far as, like, how the run of play went. And so Argentina, you know... If we're being honest with ourselves, they come into this game as heavy favorites. It will be a shocking result if Australia are able to upset this Argentina team. But of course, you know, crazy things have, have happened before, so I wouldn't totally rule it out. But, you know, again, it seems like a long shot. For Australia, though, they had their best group stage ever with two wins and a loss. They beat Denmark and they beat Tunisia, and then they lost to France in their opener. So both teams actually won their second and third games and then lost their first game. 
And so for Australia, they're the Cinderella team so far. They're probably the most unexpected team that made it out of the group stage. But that's not going to be necessarily enough against Argentina. Against Argentina, you're going to have to defend the way you did against Denmark and the way you against and the way you did against Tunisia and not the way you did against France. If Australia defend the way they did against France, they're going to lose because Argentina is going to carve them open. And so they have to be really compact. They got to defend really well. And, you know, they're, they probably aren't going to get a ton of chances in this game. But when they get their opportunities on the counterattack, they got to take them. And that's what they did against Denmark. And, you know, they were able to get the goal against Tunisia. And, and they actually did open the scoring against France as well. So they, you know, they can score goals. This Australian team can definitely score goals. The question is, can they keep out all that firepower? Argentina have had trouble scoring goals, but they haven't had trouble creating chances, at least in my opinion. And so, you know, it, it'll be a tall task for Australia. I think Argentina probably should win this game pretty comfortably. But, of course, never say never, right? So, Australia, for them, I think this is already a success. But if they could beat Argentina, I mean, oh, my God, the scenes in Australia, just, man, those would be insane. All right, moving on to Sunday's game. So Sunday, we have England versus Senegal, and we have France versus Poland. So starting with England and Senegal. So England come into this game with two wins and a draw. They beat Iran very easily. They also beat Wales very easily, and they drew the United States 0-0. So for England, they come in as the favorites in this game, and I think they should be the favorites. I think England is the better team than Senegal, especially because Senegal's missing their best player. Of course, he got injured before the tournament. And so for England, it's basically they need to play like they did in the first game and the third game and not the second game. They were not very good against the United States. I thought the U.S. outplayed them in that second game. But they did but they did get a clean sheet. And they also got a clean sheet against Wales. And they only gave, like, they gave up kind of a late goal against Iran, but like, they really only kind of gave up one against Iran. So the defense has been good for England. And in two out of the three games, they had no problem scoring goals. Rashford is actually tied for the tournament leading goals. Harry Kane's been really good at creating with assists for them. So there's a lot to like from England's performances in the group stage, in my opinion. For Senegal, they come into this game with a record of two wins and a loss. They lost their opener to the Netherlands, although that was a very even back and forth game. You know, if a couple bounces go their way, they could have won that game. And then they follow that up with a win versus Qatar and a win versus Ecuador to advance. So the good for Senegal, they can score. They've been able to create chances despite not having Mane in the team. They've been able to score goals. That's the good. The negative is the defense. Senegal have not kept a clean sheet so far. They gave up they conceded Qatar's, you know, the only goal Qatar scored in the whole tournament. So that's not great that they were the only ones to give up a goal to them. And then they also gave up a goal to Ecuador, and they gave up two to the Dutch. And one of them was really late in the game, but, like, even still. So for Senegal, they have to be a lot better defensively than they were in the group stages if they want to beat England, especially because we know this English team can score goals in bunches. So Senegal have to be really, really good defensively. Fortunately for them, I think they can score on this English team. I think they ha I think they got the players. I think they got the talent. But if they can't defend, they're not going to win this game. So they really need to clamp down defensively and then, you know, take your goals when you get your chances. But they'll probably concede, or sorry, they'll probably sit back 
and absorb the pressure and try to hit them on the counterattack would be what I would imagine the strategy is, especially because they can be really dangerous from set pieces. They can be dangerous with counterattack. The Senegal team's really fast, so they can hit them with speed. And, you know, maybe you get mistakes out of the English team. Their center backs aren't necessarily the fastest, so, you know, maybe you can take advantage there. But I still think England probably should win this game. If I had to pick, I'd pick England to win. Maybe after extra time, I think Senegal could potentially push it there. But nonetheless, should be a good game, and I'm excited to watch. And then the second game, we have France versus Poland. So this game, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on because it's pretty straightforward to me. So France come into this game with two wins and one loss. And France should be the heavy favorites. It would be shocking if France didn't win this game because France looked really good in the two games they played their starters. In the third game in the group, they did not play their starters. They lost. But in the two games they did, they scored four against Australia and they scored two against Denmark. Kylian Mbappe, in my opinion right now, is the player of the tournament. And so if that continues, France should win. Pretty simple. For Poland, they come into this game with a one win, one loss, one tie record. They beat Saudi Arabia. They drew Mexico and lost to Argentina. And they got dominated by Argentina. Their defending in that game was so bad. Chesney was the only thing keeping them alive. And if there's one saving grace for this Polish team, it's that if Chesney plays like he did against Argentina, you know, you have a great goalkeeper. Maybe he keeps you in it. Maybe he gets you to a shootout. Maybe he makes some saves in that shootout. He's been pretty good at saving penalty kicks in this tournament so far. If that happens, Poland can win the game. But unfortunately, if Poland can't find a way to get it to penalties, I just don't see any other way they're going to win this game. It would be a really shocking result if they could. Poland, for me, have a couple issues. One of them is they really struggle to defend. And the other issue is Lewandowski is so isolated. And see, Poland basically put everyone behind the ball except Lewandowski. And against France, they're definitely going to do that again. And so you're going to have a striker completely isolated with just no support. And that's not a great recipe because he's not going to be able to take on five guys. And he doesn't have the support runs from midfielders that he needs. And then it's just going to lead to chance after chance for France. And so, again, there, there's a pathway for Poland to do this, to pull off the upset. But France should be the heavy, heavy favorite. I'd be very surprised if France don't win this game. And now we move on to Monday. So Monday, we have Japan and Croatia and Brazil versus South Korea. So starting with Japan, Croatia, Japan come into this game with two wins and a loss. They lost to Costa Rica, surprisingly, when they took out a bunch of their starters. And then they beat both Germany and Spain to win the group. So. This game is close to me, and I, I think it's close for a reason. But if I had to pick a favorite, I think it's Japan. I think Japan should be the favorite because when they've played their starters, they've looked pretty good. And, you know, obviously Germany and Spain had their spells where they would dominate against Japan. But this Japanese team is really smart in the way they press. They're really, like, when they're playing their game anyways, they're really good at, like, these quick lightning passing moves that they do to create chances and it's really really deadly and it just seems to catch teams off guard and I think they can keep that up against a team like Croatia 
because I think Croatia can be exploited on that side of things. And we saw against Belgium, you know, if Belgium had anybody who could finish a tap in, they wouldn't be here right now. So I think there's a lot of positives you can take for Japan. The negatives are probably the defense right now because they didn't keep a single clean sheet. They gave up a goal to Germany, a goal to Spain, and a goal to Costa Rica. So for Japan, they do need to clamp down defensively. But as far as their ability to score goals, I really like their chances against this Croatian team. For Croatia, they come in with a win and two draws where they got a tie with Belgium and a tie with Morocco and they beat Canada. For Croatia, obviously the key to them winning the game is always going to be the midfield. Luka Modric, Kovacic, Bro and Brozovic are all really, really important players for Croatia. And when those three are playing at their best, it's really hard to beat them. And we saw that against Canada. They just, you know, they beat them with ease type of thing. And so Croatia have a couple issues. Number one, the only team they scored against was Canada because against Belgium, they barely created any chances and didn't score. And against Morocco, they also didn't score. So, you know, Japan, like I said, haven't been the best defensively, but I think it's fair to say Japan is probably better at defense than Canada is. So for Croatia, they will have to find a way to score goals, and that won't be an easy task. Fortunately, their defending has been pretty good for the most part. Um, outside of, of course, you know, like the Belgium game, they were just not very good defensively. But like I thought, generally speaking, they were pretty good in the other two games. And so, you know, for it'll be a struggle against Japan. But I think this game is probably going to go to extra time if I had to pick. But I think Japan probably comes out on top. But of course, never rule out a team like Croatia. Croatia has the veteran experience. They've been in big games before. And sometimes in tournaments like this, that stuff matters. That big game experience that you can rely on where these players have been there and done that. And so should be a very fun, fun matchup to watch. And then the second game on Monday is Brazil-South Korea. So Brazil come into this game with two wins and a loss. They lost to Cameroon playing their B team and they beat... Serbia and Switzerland and so Brazil come into this game as heavy favorites and they should be Brazil in my opinion have been one of the best teams in this whole tournament so far and they have probably the deepest roster in the tournament so for Brazil going into this game they haven't scored a lot of goals in this tournament so far which I guess is a negative but you could also credit the fact that Serbia and Switzerland both generally speaking have pretty good defenses they weren't against each other but like generally speaking they both play pretty good defense and so for brazil i think if they get neymar back that should help with being able to score more goals but i also don't think it's going to be that much of a challenge because south korea's defending as we've seen in this tournament isn't the best because you know they gave up three to ghana they gave up one to portugal's like I mean, Portugal didn't play a whole B team, but, like, they play, they rested some guys for sure. And then they got the 0-0 tie with Uruguay. So I guess if you defend like you did against Uruguay, you might have a chance. But I just – I don't see the consistent defending from South Korea that's going to be able to help win this game for them. And I think Brazil should be able to take advantage of that. And so, yeah, Brazil 
very heavy favorites. South Korea come into this game with a win, a loss, and a draw. They drew Uruguay, they defeated Portugal, and they lost to Ghana. Fortunately for South Korea, while their defensive numbers haven't been the best, their ability to score has been pretty good. They had two against Ghana, and they had two against Portugal. And, you know, they have Hyun Ming Sun. And when you have a player as good as him, he can produce stuff, right? And, you know, they've gotten, they've gotten some other good performances as well from some of their other attacking players. And, you know, this Brazilian team, they're really hard to score against. Brazil have a really good defense when they play their starters anyways. So that might be a bit of an issue for South Korea. But again, you know, all it takes is one chance. If you can hit them on the counter, all it takes is one chance, and then you never know, right? But I just think it's a long shot at best for this South Korean team. It's a great, great story. I love that they got out of the group stage. But, you know, never say never, but, like, Brazil probably should win this game. So that's, uh, that's the Monday games. Now on to Tuesday. Tuesday's games, we have Morocco versus Spain, and we have Portugal versus Switzerland. So, starting with Morocco and Spain. Morocco's record, they have two wins and a draw. They beat Canada and Belgium, and they ended up tying Croatia. So, for Morocco, again, this is another game I have a hard time picking a favorite. If I had to pick a favorite, I think I'd pick Spain, but like... Morocco shouldn't be considered a real underdog in this game, or if they are, like, a very small underdog against Spain. Morocco's been good. They've been really good in this tournament. I love their play down the right-hand side. That's been the key to their success so far in this in this tournament. And, I mean, when you have Hakim Ziyech and Hakimi bombing down the right side, like, it is very scary and very difficult for opposing defenses to deal with. And it has been so far for Croatia, for Belgium, for Canada. They all had problems with the right-hand side of this Moroccan team. So Spain are going to have to be really, really, they're going to have to pay a lot of attention to that right-hand side of Morocco because that's where they generate most of their attacks. And so if Morocco can get that going like they have for the throughout most of the group stage, I think they'll be pretty good. Their defense has usually been pretty good for them, so... I think that's something they can lean on against the Spanish team that, you know, this is a team that defends really well for the most part. And then, you know, they showed some ability to score some goals. Now, granted, Canada kind of gift wrapped them some goals, but like they scored two quality goals against Belgium. So for me, Morocco, I think, should absolutely fancy their chances at making the quarterfinals for the first time ever. For Spain, they come into this game with a record of one win, one draw, one loss. They lost to Japan, drew Germany, and beat Costa Rica. So Spain are a little bit of a mixed bag for me because on one hand, when they're playing at their best, as we've seen at different points in this tournament, they're really unstoppable. Like their ability to keep possession, to play through press, and just to generate great chances and like just suffocate the other team with possession. It's really, really special to watch. And we're seeing this with two almost teenagers basically running the show Pedri and Gabby I think have been really really good the only thing that worries me with having those two guys is the lack of experience and we saw this a little bit in the Japan game when Japan scored those two quick goals it felt like Gabby and Pedri were a little bit rattled and Spain had a really hard time keeping possession in the midfield so something to keep an eye on if Morocco get an early goal how do the young Spanish players react to that because I think that'll be important for determining how this goes 
obviously Sergio Busquets is there and he's a great calming presence but like it's still in like an 18 year old and a 20 year old in your midfield who you're relying on a lot because Busquets is certainly past his best at this point and then defensively I mean not the best is kind of the best way I can describe Spain's defending like I don't think they defended very well against Germany and they were lucky to only give up one goal and then Japan you know quick strike and that's you know two goals bang bang right in the back of your net so I think there there's an opportunity here for Morocco but fortunately Spain have shown an ability to score goals and even though Morocco's had a pretty good defense I think Spain can score on them and so that will be obviously really important maybe Spain can get an early goal and that can put Morocco on the back on their heels a little bit and it could put Spain on the front foot and Morocco hasn't trailed yet at this tournament so if you can get them behind early I think that could be one of the keys for Spain in getting a win in this game so if I had to pick a winner I think I would pick Spain but like Morocco I think should absolutely feel great about their chances of winning this game should be fun can't wait to watch and then finally we have Portugal versus Switzerland so Portugal come into this game with two wins and a loss. They beat Ghana and Uruguay, and then they lost to South Korea. And so for Portugal, obviously, you know, a little bit of a mixed bag. Against Ghana, they're defending, really sucked. But they're, they have a lot of really talented players, and they scored a bunch of goals. And then against Uruguay, they defended pretty well. Uruguay didn't really generate a whole lot in that game, and they, you know, scored a couple goals. And then... In South Korea, they rested some guys, so I don't know how fair of an assessment that is. But I think, you know, Portugal, they have all the talent. All the talent is there, and we've seen this. Portugal have been pretty impressive. Their best players look really good when they play their best. Bruno Fernandes has been really good in this tournament so far. Cristiano Ronaldo, maybe not quite at his best, but, like, you know, he's a player that don't ever doubt him he can produce something out of nothing instantly for this team and then I think some of their other guys have played really well too and of course you got Joao Cancelo and Ruben Diaz at the back and those guys provide a ton of stability I think for them in defense so it's gonna be really hard I think for the Swiss team to beat them but this Portugal team is also you know known to like not be super consistent in their performances and you know that certainly wasn't the case in the group stage games but it has been a something that's happened to them before like you know in the lead up to this so something to keep an eye on but I do think Portugal should be the favorite in this game for Switzerland they come in with two wins and one loss they lost to Brazil but then they beat Serbia and they beat Cameroon so for Switzerland as long as they don't defend like they did against Serbia, I think they'll be okay. I think they defended well against Brazil. It's just, you know, Brazil were able to break them down and score once. Casemiro scored a nice goal. Happens sometimes. But Switzerland have shown an ability to score. They got the go one goal against Cameroon, and they got the three against Serbia. Mbolo has been really important for them. And if they actually start Shakiri, I think that will do wonders for them. Shakiri just seems to always perform well in a Swiss jersey. Now, I know for Switzerland, it might seem like a very difficult task to be able to beat a team like Portugal, but this is a Swiss team that, if you don't remember, 
they beat France, the defending world champions. They beat them at the Euros in the round of 16 on penalty kicks, and they almost beat Spain in the quarterfinals. So this Swiss team, they know what to do in these knockout games. They know how to make things difficult for their opponents, and if they get into a shootout, you never know. Don't count them out. They certainly are pretty good at those. So for Switzerland, I think there is a pathway to beat Portugal. Again, I would still have them be the underdogs in this game. I think Portugal probably win, but there's a real pathway there, and that's important. And so there we go. That's all eight round of 16 games, all previewed. And so everything starts on Saturday. I can't wait to watch these games. It should be an absolute blast. Let's find out what favorites win and what underdogs pull off the upsets. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of The World Game, a World Cup podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I will be doing reaction episodes throughout the tournament. The music is from Pixabay. The whole thing gets going on November 20th, so make sure you subscribe and don't miss a moment of the 2022 World Cup.